Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right. Let's roll. Well, Heidi Ho, welcome to a Friday edition split screen of the Dennis and Andy show. I tell you, I go one day, Monday, I skip shower and Dennis is like, Oh, you know what? I think I'll stay at my house today. I get it. I see where your loyalties lie. Yep. Yep. Old factory. Stay away. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm Andy, as everybody knows, the glorious bald one, the Picard of the show, the Professor Xavier of everything. And I'm Dennis. I'm apparently Captain Kirk because I got a full set of hair and all the ladies like me. Yeah. Well, and I have noticed that when uh, your wife eats your cooking, sometimes she'll turn green. So that's Captain cool. Kirk is... Uh, has bedded down green babes and you get your wife sick. So there you go. Yep. Like the Ryans. That's right. So today we'll be talking about WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. We finally got caught up. I mean, we've been talking about WandaVision, but we had decided not to really do a full blown review on it until we got in there to realize if we were going to kind of like it. It started off a little slow the first couple of weeks, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll kind of break them down, but we did get through, and we watched episode four, and yep, we're on track. We understand everything's cool. We're going to talk a little bit about theories. We're going to talk, you know, what we think of the show and and what they've done with it. There's going to be spoilers, so if you haven't watched any of it yet, sorry. I mean, you might you might want to turn us off, but if not, don't worry about it. You, you're going to want to listen. So it started off, it's on four episodes, like Dennis said. We're all caught up. It starts off, and basically the first episode, they do a Dick Van Dyke show ripoff. Um, it was cute. It was fun. You didn't really learn anything. I mean, you kind of got, if you've never, if you don't know anything, I guess, about Scarlet Witch, you're probably like, even and even from the standpoint of the movies, you wouldn't know this. So you actually need to know more about her from the comics to realize, oh, crap, she's creating this world, you know. Um, and, you know, it was okay. I mean, I you know, I thought they did a nice job. It, it was a nice... I was talking to another friend of mine about it, and he was like, you know, I liked it, but at the same time, if I want to watch a Dick Van Dyke show, I'll watch a Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> yeah, what, what they did, some of the interesting things that they did was, you know, when they filmed, so the, the first episode was the 50s, second episode was filmed in the 60s, we'll talk about it, third in the 70s, etc. The interesting thing was, you know, they wanted to recreate it. So I'm going to give them some kudos for this. How do you recreate something like that? They actually filmed it using the equipment of that era. That's why, you know, you don't see it as a widescreen. You see it as an old 16 by 9. 
they actually use the cameras for it and run it through using that old technology to film they it. They did? They didn't retro did they really? it. really? Yeah. Yep. They, so that, they didn't that do all cool. They the wanted it to feel and look completely like if you were watching a 50s oh. or a 60s show. And it succeeded. I thought it was quite good. They did succeed in that, for sure. Um, I thought it looked good, too. I was just like, in you know, the end of the first episode and the end of the second episode, you know, they showed a little bit, you could say, in the real world and just gave you enough to go. Uh, I mean, they really did tease you because at the end of the first episode, you're like, oh, real world. I want to know what's happening. And then the show ends because you don't really know how long the first one is. Yep. And then the second one, you know, like Dennis said, uh, took place in the 60s, and that was a, a bewitched type of uh, send-up. And same thing, that show ended, and they, they teased a little more. And there were some Easter eggs in that one. I guess there were, there were Easter eggs in the first one, too. Yeah, each but, one's had it. You know, Kevin Feige's a really big fan, comic book fan, and he loved to stick in Easter eggs, and he did a nice job. You know, the cliffhanger at the end, what was kind of interesting was, you know, you see this helicopter that's actually colored because everything's in black and white sitting there and Wanda picks it up out of the bushes and she's looking at it. And, you know, it's got like the sword symbol and but she doesn't know what that is. And she's just looking and it's not a helicopter from that era. And you're trying to understand, you know, what what's going on. So they come in there and this is Agatha. So that this is one of the, or Agnes, this is one of the, um, you know, one of the the characters. Yeah. That, that everybody's trying to figure out, you know, is this, uh, Agnes Hart, uh, Harkness. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think it is. And for those of you that, uh, uh, don't know, uh, the next one will show she's actually a, a Marvel comic character. She's a witch. And, the, the interesting thing now is she the one is she actually in the show as that character is she helping manipulate this is she trapped in there does she know more than what she's letting on you know so there's a lot of theories about her role you know being in there because even in the comic books there are times where she's a a, a big help you know to Scarlet Witch to Wanda. And there are times where she's not. So she's not a always a white hat. She's not always a black hat. It's an interesting character. And they haven't given us too much to go on through four episodes. Well, that's the thing that, you know, we'll jump around here to find. I found interesting is, um, go back to just us. One of the things I found interesting in episode four is, like I said, this does contain spoilers. In episode four, they actually tried to track down. So in episode four, to basically recap, you know, they bring in Darcy. That's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they bring her back. She was in Thor and uh, some other scientists and specialties, other fields. And she's able, she needs a, she, she basically threw some equipment and through getting old TVs because of how the 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 signal is being transmitted, they're able to watch. This is the 1950s. What's going on? And basically, the episode four takes place 
at the same time episode one was taking place for us. So they kind of backtrack to show what was happening on the outside. Cause there's, cause basically Scarlet Witch, it looks like created this city in New Jersey. That's never been there. And the local cops are like, no, you don't understand. This isn't a real city. This has never been here. Yeah. There's and, no, it's Westville. And you go, Westville doesn't yeah. exist. And they're like, well, you know, and, and Kat Dennings, who, of course, just she's always yeah. the comic relief, you know, but, she, yeah, well, you know, they're trying to figure out, well, Monica Rambeau's in there. And she's like, well, wh where are you from? Well, we're from Eastville. And they literally get in their car and, and like drive. <laughs> and, and there's a big town, uh, a big sign right there that says Westville with the population, 3,200, whatever. And you're just like, but that town doesn't exist. Nobody has a rec recollection of anybody in that town. It's like mass amnesia, and it's also outside of the city limits. So Wanda is affecting more than just a very localized area, although that's where the field is that you can see. Well, the other thing I thought that was very cool, and so did Courtney, the beginning of episode four, we're introduced to uh, Monica Rambeau, and she, when Thanos snapped at the end of Infinity War, she actually was one of the ones that blipped away. So it was yeah. cool the way they filmed it because they showed like these dust particles. And right then I knew what was happening. I'm like, oh shit, somebody's reemerging. And it was showing the people, you know, reforming from the dust. So basically your reverse of going to dust, this was the dust particles reforming. And she was reformed in a hospital room. And it was awesome because she comes running out of the hospital room like, what the heck? And you see other people in the hospital, doctors, nurses, patients, all like reforming. And staff is just like, what the hell is going on? Because remember, that was five years after Infinity War. Right. And they, so, they tied yeah. into Infinity War very well. Oh, they tied into it. Well, Endgame, actually. They tied it into Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. Yeah, when everybody came back. Because in Endgame, when everybody came back, they didn't show anything. They just showed the Hulk snap his fingers with the Infinity Gauntlet on. And then you knew everybody came back when the portals opened up and Doctor Strange and all the Avengers came through. But they didn't actually show anybody reforming. But in this, it was just awesome to see people reforming. And then you've got, you know, we won't spoil everything, but you got some more backstory on Monica on her character. Well, um, the interesting thing about Monica was they, they introduce her. Um, right. And, you know, but she's actually a character starting, I think in the, in the second episode, she's black and white. She's one of the neighborhood ladies and stuff. And, you know, Dottie's the one who's in charge of everything and getting it. And then you start finding out and we're like, Oh, is that, is that Monica Rambeau? And then once you get into the 70s episode and the third one, I mean, she takes a very active role, particularly when, you know, she's got her little necklace, which looks like a sword. You know, she goes, right. well, what is that? And by then, Kat Dennings, you know, you got Darcy. She's viewing all of this and able to see everything going on. And, you know, her and Wanda are having a discussion and she goes, oh, well, didn't he die during you know, from Ultron or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, who are you? 
And all of a sudden, you know, and it was just, it was just a really good scene. And then she goes, you need to leave. And you see Wanda kick up with all of her powers, you know, um, her hex powers, which by the way, you see references to it in every one of the first four episodes. They always keep showing yeah. like in their thing, they keep showing hexes, you know, everything's boxed in like a hex. And I think that refers to the fact that her abilities in the comic are actually hex powers. So I think it's right. kind of a call out to her creating all of this through her hex powers. And you see her and you see the red, just like in the movies. And she basically throws Monica, pushes her through the wall, all the way through the neighbor's wall, the neighbor's wall, all the way, all the way outside of the city where she just goes flying out and basically gets knocked out. It was awesome. Yeah, she goes, she, the city has this, Mag electromagnetic type barrier. I don't know what it's made out of. It's like an energy barrier around it. And she gets blasted through that as well. Like right. Dennis said, she basically ejected from it. So you're caught up by the end of episode four, you're caught up with um with uh episode three when she gets blasted out hey hey joe thanks for joining us man we're talking about wanda vision hey joe um, episode so you know backtracking episode two is the bewitched episode once again it was a cute episode but and then you know episode three is the brady bunch in the 70s basically you know 70s brady bunch vibe and i mean the best thing about that episode was you know she's pregnant and she pops out the twins which is great my big beef, though, is I don't think we needed three freaking episodes to get to what they did finally in the fourth episode. They could have literally done a 45-minute first episode of the show and spent 15 minutes on each one. So instead of showing a full, basically, sitcom, of Dick Van Dyke ripoff and Be Bewitched ripoff and then Brady Bunch type deal, you could have just done it a 45 minute show, 15 minutes for each, and then boom, episode two, you get what we got for episode four. I, you know, I, I think I mentioned it to you last week, Dennis. After episode three, I was like, episode four better kick it into gear, or I'm going to be really pissed because I'm getting really annoyed with these stupid. Not stupid, they were entertaining. So I shouldn't say stupid. They were entertaining, but I just was getting bored, and I don't think they needed to spend that much time with them, even with the little Easter eggs that they showed in each episode. You could have done all that and gotten to episode four and even episode three. See, and, and I, I agree and disagree. I like the fact, because I'm a fan, I grew up on that stuff. So I love the fact that it was like Dick Van Dyke, I Love Lucy. You know, it goes into, uh, you know, the 60s where it's very much like Bewitched. I love the shows. Like I said, they they used the exact equipment to film with them to give it that yeah. look. They did a good job. It was It was very nostalgic. I enjoyed it. The magic show that they put on and... You know, to give you an idea, it's campy like this stuff was back then. Vision eats a piece of bubble gum, swallows it, and you see like a little animated sequence of his gut, and it gets caught up in his gears and makes him act like he's inebriated. Gums up, gums up his works. Right. The gum, gum his inner workings. 
like I said, I thought it was all done well and cute. I just don't think it needed for a season that's only going to be nine episodes. I don't think it needed to kill three episodes that way. Right. So uh, now I, I enjoyed it. But to give you an idea, my wife, she sat, she was sitting, she watched the first three and she goes, I'm done. I've checked out. I, I, I can't do it anymore. So she she's already done. And then um, I got to watch the episode just a little while ago, the fourth one. I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to make her watch the fourth one because the fourth one is what brings the first three, ties it up together with right. all of these little tiny Easter eggs that they that they have through it. And it kind of brings everything together and gives us the understanding of what's going on. Because through the first three, we've got, I mean, there's fan hypothesis about everything. So, right. you know, it, it's nice to see that we were right or not right on some of the things that they that they come in on. Let's see what else we got here. I mean, this was a cute scene. Uh, I had to explain to my daughter and tell her, yes, back in the 50s, uh, husband and wife slept in twin beds. <laughs> right. And even if they did it in the real world, you know, like my grandparents did and stuff right. like that, but they couldn't right. show it on TV. So on TV, right. it was required that they were always on their own bed. And you notice even the detail, they've got like the lamps, the reading lights right above each of the beds, which was very typical for that time period. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I thought that was, that was cute. Um, let's see what else we got. You know, she's using her powers because they have to, she, they have their, they have Vision's boss over for dinner. So she's using her powers in the kitchen. So that's cool. And, you know, I thought, I thought Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen both really, I think all the actors really hit home runs with playing specific time periods. You know, I thought when they did the Dick Van Dyke one, the first episode in the fifties, I even told Courtney, I said, you don't know. I said, Courtney, you don't get it. You know, it's my daughter. I said, they're literally acting the way that they acted back then. Because the acting styles have changed, obviously, right. over the years. Mannerisms, the voice and diction, it's all different. Right. So, they, you know, you can tell that they studied that type of stuff. They watched some of those shows so they could get it down. And I so thought what was that interesting, was and like this one, she had to cook – and it was a disaster. So she wound up using her magic like Bewitched would in order to create a meal. And then they're sitting down in the next picture. You can see that when they sit down, they're sitting down with the uh, with uh, the boss and his wife. And, of course, Mary Jo Rupp plays. Um, she's from the 70s show. Everybody loves her from, from that. It was really, really great. And they go, well, where are you from? What, why did you get married? Why this? And they couldn't answer questions. And things started going awry. And, you know, you started seeing cracks. So this is what where we really start seeing, you know, for those of you who read House of M, this is where I think we start seeing the first cracks in what we think is the world that she created. So now the question becomes, did Wanda create this world in order to bring Vision back in? And this is the purpose of this. Or did somebody else create it and she's in it and manipulating it, you know, and but unaware of what she's doing? Well, I think 
after watching episode three uh, and how she acted towards Monica and basically ejected her from the city, I, my theory is I think Scarlet Witch, I think Wanda created this world. She kind of cracked and she wanted vision back. So she created this world, this, this idyllic world to get the, get vision back is what I think. I mean, it is, a, it's, the show's definitely a mystery that's unraveling and will be unraveled by the, the ninth episode, I assume. Right. At the end of this episode, there, there's another slide and it comes up. And then while standing outside, this guy comes up out of a manhole. And all of a sudden there's bees buzzing and everything like that around. And um, he's a beekeeper. And then on this beekeeper, it's got the, the sword symbol on the back. All right. So yeah. now this was uh, the first one in, in the second episode. All right. This is kind of the cliffhanger. Who is this guy? We know with the symbol on the back that he's sword. What's his ability and who is it? And you don't know. That's kind of how it hangs. Well, immediately there's been a number of theories out there, you know, trying to figure out who he is. A lot of people said this is could be like the 60s version of AIM. So that's one of the interesting theories out there is that this person is sword right now, but could eventually become um, members of AIM. Now, in the next picture, you'll see, for those of you who don't know, the AIM guys I can, are kind I can, of like the henchmen. Yeah, I can kind of see that. But, yeah, AIM are bad guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, AIM well, are bad guys. And, well, I um, know. you know, I, I just found a picture as they're, as they're kind of climbing up, you know. And they don't have anything to do with bees, but they were kind of like, you know, they're, they're scientists. You know, they, they you know. They're obviously out to dominate the world. Well, this could be one of them that eventually goes to AIM, and this is why they kind of gave him a throwback costume, which is what it would look like in their world. I don't know if I agree with that one, but there's quite a few people out there mentioning, you know, the AIM connection. I don't know. I, I want to go out and say they're wrong, and it's just that because Courtney asked why, you know, so in episode four, they're trying to get into this city and one of the ways they try to get into it is they, they assume that they can go in a sewer underground and John Woo's character is even like, I think he, isn't it John Woo that says, well, how do you know? Was it him that said that? Or was it just some throwaway guy? He was talking to the boss going, well, how do you know it goes all the way underground? Right. But that and was, then it was the boss. Talking, and he's right? like, well, how do you know it doesn't? You know, and right. and so on and so forth. Yeah, it was those two. Right. So so my assumption was it was just a protective suit in general because they don't know, you know, they just it's a protective suit. I told Courtney it's almost like a radioactive type suit because they don't know what's on the other side when they go in there. Yeah. So they go in with protection on the nothing. So that was my thing. But and that could be actually Huh? Yeah, they said that could be. Another theory is that it's uh, Fritz von Meyer, and he's an older character, not very well known. Um, he goes by the code name Swarm, um, and he's full of bees. Now, um, the picture that we've got is actually when he made an appearance from uh, Runaways on, on Earth 616. 
but realistically, I think he predates that. Um, I think he's all the way back from the days of like champions and stuff like that back in like 77, 78, somewhere in that time frame. So a lot of people, the, the greater number of people that I've seen are speculating that it, it's Swarm. I don't know a whole lot about him um, just because I don't think he's that big of a character. And I know he really hasn't crossed over a whole lot into like the X-Men universe. Well, what and that's, is, what's the, I guess my question on that theory is it, they're theorizing that just because of the bees. I mean, it was weird that like when he go, when he, when the guy that goes in the stewards to, to inspect or whatever, crosses over through that barrier you could say i guess that it taps into something the barrier does to give them some type of power maybe and that's why i don't know i just don't know where's just because the dude because i don't know i mean i thought it was weird when he went through that his his basically radiation suit hazmat suit changed from a hazmat suit to when he went through the barrier and when he came out on the other side in that in the town that was made up or whatever where Wanda is, that it changed to a beekeeper suit. I mean, that was weird. Right. And I'm, I'm sure it'll be explained, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe is, maybe they are trying to pull this guy in. I just, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, there's a lot of theories going through and I know on our podcast yesterday on our live cast, um, one of the guys, you know, had a lot of questions and they were kind of referring to, you know, X-Men from some of the Easter eggs. And um, I didn't see a ton of the Easter eggs uh, personally and stuff like that. But, you know, the question is, you know, how, how, what is this show going to be a catalyst for? Um, they leave some hints. So like um, what's up there now, that's actually the Tony Stark. Um, you know, that's from Stark Industries, you know, the the toaster. And they have this red light that's going on, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, and again, what they do is they put in these really interesting, fun throwback retro commercials, but they all have ties into them. So that was Stark Industries toaster. There's the watch, which is a Strucker, which obviously has to deal with, uh, uh, you know, with Hydra. And again, it's a commercial that's in there. It says, uh, actually, let's say Hydra Loom. Yeah. It says Hydra something. Yep. And it has the Hydra symbol. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, let's see what else. I mean, that's a, you know, that's Brady Bunch backyard. Yep. And in well, the 70s, you know, and, and then she's pregnant in the third one. I mean, that's that was kind of the interesting one. We were we were speculating, is it going to be, you know, is it going to be the twins from the from the comics? And because, uh, you know, twins do run in her family. And she mentions that. And, you know, she's she's pregnant. Her water breaks and. It's just awesome. We don't have a picture of it, but water's raining down from the sky and it's this blue water from the ceiling and everything like that. It was actually a, a, a pretty fun scene. And lo and behold, she has she has twins. I will say this is funny. Courtney is like, how can they have babies? He's not real. He's an android. How can 
how can how can Vision and Scarlet Witch have babies? Wow, so you had to explain the birds into the bees from a mechanical standpoint, huh? Yeah, it was very difficult to do. I'm like, because it's not real. It's all in her head. That's the easiest way to explain it. I think, you know, going back to the original thing we were talking about of is somebody manipulating this or is Wanda making all this up? I think Wanda's making up this reality. I don't think anybody's doing it. I think she's doing it. So. Yeah, I I am I am thinking it's very much like like House of M, and yeah. where where she creates the alternate universe. Now, there's been a lot of speculation that Mephisto actually could be the creation, the creator of this particular universe, and that he somehow has them trapped in it. You know, her, um, you know, the 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 neighbor, you know, Agnes. Um, you know, Monica, when she was in there, because Monica was a person when she went in, she became a character. When she got out, she remembered everything. So while you're inside of this made up pocket of reality, you you act as a character. Now, the question is, who's, think, who's, who's the marionette? Wait, you don't think Monica was in there? She knew all along who she was? No. I don't. And I, I don't, by the way, when she was having her conversation and she's like, well, who are you? And she didn't like get angry or sad or anything. She went confused. Like she's trying to remember who am I? And then she's like, well, you need to leave now. And she's like, well, what, what, why would I want to leave? You know? And that's when she throws her through all the walls and stuff like that. I don't think she really has. I think that was a crack in it. And I think, because remember in the second right. episode where she's in the black and white episode, right. she's playing a different character and she's fully involved with it, not knowing who she was at all. Well, and that's what I was going to say earlier with the fourth episode when we when we got to it where we are now. I liked how at the at the sword control center, basically outside of this city where they had the base camp and everything set up, they were using facial recognition to find out who the people are right. that they were seeing in these episodes with uh, Wanda and Vision and that they're real people. So that From that town. Question. Right. What's that? From that town. They were actual real they people from that, from that town. From that town? Yep. That's yeah, they, why they knew who they were because they knew there's what 23 or 3,200 people could be the getting them backwards. And so they've got the list and pictures and ID of everybody that was in that town. And as soon as they were able uh, to see it, they matched up one of those people and they said, right. well, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And that's what they were doing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah so that, I thought that was, that was cool. Um, so then this is something I wanted to touch on, huh? Yeah, this is something I want to touch on. This is a theory. We all know that her mother's code name was was Photon. All right, we we kind of knew that from the Captain Marvel movie. We kind of know that from this. You know, she was one of the founders of Sword. Her mother was, and it even says Photon right on the wall, kind of in her in her, in her memorial. Um, but 
you know, in the comic book, she's she becomes Captain Marvel, later Photon, then Spectrum and stuff like that. But right now, she's just, you know, she's FBI, she's sword, you know, that type of a thing. She's got no special abilities. So when Wanda uses her, her hex powers and pushes her out all the way through the city outside, she crosses through that barrier. So this is my prediction. When she lands, and you can go back and rewatch this, she lands on the ground. She just doesn't land and go out. She rolls over, and she's got the red glow going around her. Now, when she went through the barrier, so we don't know. I don't know if it's just straight hex power or if it was that combination of going through the portal. But she's got this energy field, this red energy field around her on the ground before she completely goes unconscious and then you see everybody rush in. My prediction is she gains abilities. Now, I don't know if they'll be the exact abilities from the comic books, but I bet that's how she gets abilities is going to be from that exact moment in episode four when she goes through it. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what that's what that's exactly what my theory. So before the show, we were talking and we said, well, let's save our theories for the show. I mean, I, I think that's probably everybody's theory is when she got ejected out by Wanda, the combination of Wanda's power ejecting her out and crossing over that barrier um, is alters her in some way and gives her the powers. So, yeah, I mean, we have the same theory. Okay. Or it's a gamma explosion. <laughs> a red gamma explosion, except we all know gamma is green. Or she drinks some super soldier serum that she finds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moonshine. That'll be in the next episode. Or her and Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, hook up. Well, we all know she is going to be in the new Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel 2. So then the question is, if, if the theory is right, will she have her powers right now or will they develop in time for, for the next movie? Right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they touch on them some in this, uh, this show. I would, I would hope, even if, it's like, even if it's an episode nine, just a tiny bit, something with her hand or something, you know, just to touch on it. Yeah. And he has this realization like, what? And then they leave it like that. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, this yeah, was fun. Yeah, it was just to show some of the, the fun characters that, that they're bringing in. You know, Jimmy Woo, he was from, I think it was the original Ant-Man, because um, he was the detective when uh, Paul Rudd was, you know, uh, you know, under house arrest. Or was it the second one? It was, it was second one, wasn't it? It was second one, I think. Yeah, it was second one. So he was a really cool character. Totally, they brought him back. I called him John Woo earlier. So his name's Jimmy Woo. Okay. Jimmy Woo. Yeah. My mistake. I called you John earlier. It's Jimmy Woo. Dude, I totally forgot that he was in Ant Man. So he oh, got. A I saw him. I started laughing because he was really he was oh. fun and kind of a one of those adorable characters from Ant Man. Well, and he got a promotion because now he's a, now he's an FBI agent. Or they he became experts with this kind of stuff, and they needed somebody with that kind of like Darcy, you know. They uh, 
they, they needed somebody with astrophysics and some of the other abilities. And they're like, well, she's met Thor. She's done this. And boom, they brought her in. And luckily, they, they, they did a good job with her because, again, she's fun. She's quirky. She just plays a really fun character and needs a little bit of humor uh, injected into it. So it was a, a good casting for that as they're trying to figure out. They're figuring out why is Sword bringing in experts in these different fields because they have no idea what they're dealing with. It's pretty cool. Right. And then the central character, what's her name? The actress? I can't remember. Ag Agnes. Uh, no. The her real name? Yeah. That, that's Catherine well, Hahn. Yeah. Catherine Hahn is playing yeah. Agnes, who we think is Agatha. So. Yeah. I think yeah, she is. It's cool. Like I said, they, they did a nice job. And all of this stuff with the family, Tom King did a miniseries. And it was a really odd miniseries. I picked it up when it first came out. Um, the art was was all right, but I, I didn't pick it up for the art. It was just a really interesting story. You know, Vision, he's got, you know, a wife and two kids, you know, Viv. And um, it's they're trying to be normal. They're fitting in like a suburban family and stuff like that. And he, he built an entire family. And there's so much of them trying to act normal while being completely not normal. It was such an interesting read. It was one of my surprise, unexpected hits at that time. I was going to say, I think it was maybe like 2015. So it was probably about five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But it was really a fun story. And this is what I think they pulled a lot of the flavor besides being from the 50s, 60s, 70s. The whole aspect of them trying to fit in, I think they're pulling it from from Tom Cage's miniseries. Yeah, I never read it. It's good. It's and it's. Here's, here's another commercial nod for Hydra Soak. Yeah, yeah. that's from the seventies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know that she is going to be in this. Yep. So it's it's been confirmed apparently that um, that she is Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So this starts up the big conversation. And like I said, some of the guys in our podcast yesterday were asking some questions and we said we kind of got to wait till today, you know, since we're going to be dealing with this. There's a lot of theories of what, what's going to happen because Dr. Strange is going to deal with the multiverse, you know? So it's the first time that it's really going to be really touched upon in the cinematic universe. So, you know, my gut feeling from what I've seen, because it's like, how are they bringing in, you know, how are they going to bring in the X-Men and stuff like that? Um, multiverse, I think, She's creating this universe right now. It's going to be like House of M. I think this will lead into the happenings of the multiverse in Doctor Strange. And my feeling is whatever happens in that, because of Wanda, I think that's how they'll wind up bringing in the X-Men. That's going to be my gut feelings. X-Men for sure, maybe X-Men and Fantastic Four. You know, But this is strictly dealing with the mutants. And then here's a little fan theory stuff we found on it with the because somebody said something about X Men Easter eggs and I was just like where where are you talking about? So Dennis found this which is 
curious. I mean, so basically, when you look at it, they're holding flags. So think of like an aircraft carrier. You know, when the aircraft carrier, when they hold them, they go into, they, they mean certain things. So what I found interesting was, you know, that, that one of the guys, and they, he took screenshots of this, basically said he thinks it's spelling out X-Men based on that. It's an interesting theory. It, from what he showed, it supports it. I haven't been uh, paying a whole lot of attention. That is I got to be honest, that is that is hardcore looking at stuff. You know what I mean? Because I don't look that hard at stuff. It's so. obviously somebody who's got uh, a working knowledge, maybe used to be on an aircraft carrier, served in the military, um, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But anyway, that is one of the theories. So I did not see a lot of the Easter eggs that people are talking about, but that is interesting if, if it's true. It's this is somebody that definitely has a lot of time on their hands. See what oh, I did? Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I see time on their hands. That's right. I went there. I don't mind. I did it. I did it. And there's just some. I don't know, Dennis. You just like to load up pictures of stuff. What? Well, no. This this was somebody had put out there, and I thought it was really cool. Because it's it's from the House of M, where she says no more mutants. Yeah, I know. I yeah. enjoyed it because you've got the comic book side on the left, and you've got the MCU on the right. And when she's saying that, basically, somebody decided this was a cool way to show it. She's going to meld the two universes together by saying no more mutants. By saying no more mutants. You know, so I, somebody put that out there. And I'm like, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was very creative what they did because that's what they're trying to do. They're going to bring in which version of the X-Men, which Fantastic Four, probably all new characters. There's been a lot of speculation on that. But well, you new, mean, well, not all new characters, but new actors. Actors for the characters, yes. Well, we don't know what no. characters they're going to bring in or anything. Oh, yes, we do. If they do the X-Men... If they do the X-Men, they're going to do Cyclops. They're going to do Wolverine. They're going to do Jean Grey, most likely. Storm. They're going to do all the big ones. They're not going to come out. Of the game. Well, yeah, they're, they're not obviously going to do Phoenix because she's yeah, the best I, in the MCU. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I seriously doubt they're going to come out of the gate and go, all right, guys, this is it. It's time to introduce the X-Men to the MTU. Let's kick it off with Boom Boom or, or Armor. You know, they're not going to do that. They're, of course, they're going to use those. those yeah, uh, but, you know, they can, go, they can go Havoc. They can go Psylocke. They can, you know, it doesn't have to be the original core. We'll see what oh, they do. Be, I think they'd be making a big mistake if they didn't go with the original core because that's what everybody knows. Even because they're, in my mind, if you're playing for the theatrical people that that know the theatrical stuff so well, those are the X-Men they know. They've got to pull from the X-Men that most people know from the movie-going audience, and it's the main core original team because those were the ones in the movie, and that's what people think of. when they. If you go to, up to somebody that doesn't read comics but has seen the movies and you're like, name a few X-Men, they're going to go, okay, Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey. Yeah, Storm. Storm, right. That's my point. You know, probably even Nightcrawler Beast, because that's what they remember from the movies. So if they're going to bring them in 
to the MCU, I think they have to use those characters. You know, if Hugh Jackman's out, okay, fine, recast Wolverine. I mean, Deadpool doesn't have to be recast because Deadpool is still Deadpool one and two are still within the past five years. Well, you know, they, they've yeah, already said that X Men movies being rolled in, so it is going to be right. part of the Marvel universe as is. So I, I, I do yeah. think that's pretty cool. But they're not going to. I can't see them bringing in the same actors that played the X Men in like Death of Phoenix. You know, yeah, no. I just, I, I mean, it'd be nice for the actors, but I just have a feeling because that movie sucks so bad. Yeah, that, X3 which, or The Last Dark Phoenix, yes, they were both horrid. They were horrible, which which with Dark Phoenix was really bad because the two before that, for, uh, first X-Men or whatever it was called, I can't remember, and the one after that really weren't that bad. And it was the same actors, but, you know, you kind of got to wash that stink off, and to wash the stink off, you do recasting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they do with it, but I do think that's how they'll they'll bring the X-Men in. That's kind of my guess. Um, we got a long way. Everything could change, you know, from episode to episode. Um, you know, this one gave us a whole lot of information that we just talked about. So maybe it confirmed some stuff, maybe changed a few minds. We'll see where it goes on there, but I really do think this show ends up tying into the Doctor Strange movie. That is what opens up, in my view, as of right now, X-Men, Fantastic Four, bringing everything back in. Right, right. Yeah, it, no, episode four got me reinvigorated to watch the show. If this was just going to be a 1980s sitcom episode, I might have had to bail. But it got me reinvigorated. Um, you know, I, 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 as a rating... On our CGC scale, I'd give it a rating of probably overall a seven. The whole all four episodes combined, I'd probably just go with seven. Yeah, I would say the first three together, I had about at a 5.0. I was like, I could give her or right. leave the show. Yeah. I wasn't that yeah, interested in it. But the, the, this fourth episode was probably about a 9.0 just because it filled in so much. And it made me interested in it because I was losing interest. My wife's already given up on the show. Um, I, I'm going to say I, I'm probably at about a 7.5 now. I want to see where they're going with it. And if they can continue this and develop this, I'll be interested in it. If, but they, they kind of have to. They have to tie into the real world stuff. They told us to be patient. There will be a payoff. So far, there was a payoff as of today's episode. We'll see what they do with it. I'm interested. Yep. Very good. Well, that is our show for the day. We hope you guys enjoyed our talking about uh, WandaVision. Uh, if you've got your own theories or anything that you want to discuss, you can go to our Facebook page and leave us comments, and we'll we'll bring them up uh, during the next podcast. Yep. Please uh, share them with us. Until next time, we are out of here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Until next week. Grab your 3D glasses, get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.